We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. You name it! You name it! Beans, potatoes. So it's not like in that part she was saying dog. Dog? I don't know why. Yeah. At first, I was like, greens, dog, at the end. In the remix, maybe, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "You get dog, bro." And I was like, "Why is that? Why? Why is that included?" She liked dogs. I was like, I was like "Is That'll this a Chinese real. restaurant?" That'll or be real weird. I can't believe that thing uh, like took off the way it did, though. Yeah, <laughs> the the the, the uh, beat was tight, though. I, I didn't believe like because I thought the video I thought it was somebody else's voice I didn't really believe Shirley Caesar actually did that and I was like oh wait this this is real like that part of it her actually saying the beans greens potatoes tomatoes that whole thing yeah I never got what the song I I know it was a song but I feel like have you ever heard Shirley Caesar like songs they always a story yeah <laughs> yeah I don't really enjoy them that much but I liked her song. <laughs> Shirley Caesar is it's a classic. Now wait, okay. the old mothers I mean, in the church yeah, don't—they don't slap they you for that. But I mean, you know, every everything, every people at light. I mean, I don't like it. <laughs> I do like saying we're gonna tear your kingdom down on Greenleaf. That remake, she did good on that. Well, I don't think I've heard that. I don't know what that is. On Greenleaf, say that we're gonna tear your kingdom down. It's like at the end of every episode. I probably. Right over my head. Um, maybe if I heard it out, if I watched another episode of Greenleaf, I'd be like, oh, that's what you're talking about. But it dropped at the perfect time because it's Thanksgiving week. Yeah, in, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, it made me look forward to it. So I've been doing really good with these workouts and eating right. Been seeing a lot of progress, some pants I that I used to I not be able to wear. I'm looking real good. But when I tell you on Thursday, I'm about to go in. I'm really about to go in. <laughs> it's, it's rough. Oh, your progress. Oh, my progress. But what I'm going to do, though, is I told myself I am I have to run three miles that morning. And then I'm probably going to try to do a workout that night. So we'll see. The workout that I'm good for in the morning. I always run in the morning. But that night, I don't really know how it's going to work. But, you know, it's Thanksgiving time. We shall see. I understand. Um, I've been eating bad, so I kind of just gave up on 2016 dieting. <laughs> so you just gave up for the whole year? Yeah, I'm going to try again in 2017. Right. I think that's the appropriate time to do it. It's all about t- making small steps. We actually should bring somebody on the show that's like a, a, a nutritionist um, or even a fitness coach, but somebody that can talk about food. I think that's the most important part, honestly. I've done it before. That's the thing. Like I lost like a ton of weight. I was working out consistently. It was Jacksonville that brought me down. Yeah, you gotta stay away from. When it. I was in VA, I was exercising. I was eating healthy. I was fit. Jacksonville just all those people that's cooking for you. You gotta yeah. You have to just... turn them down. Yeah. Just a, a few times a week. That's what I used to only. I used to tell my mom I'm only coming over like twice. Because every time she knew I was coming over, she would make this big outlandish meal. And it wasn't conducive to me trying to not be a fat boy. Yeah. I, I got to. But now that it's cold, uh, it'll probably be a little bit easier for me. I like the cold. I don't like the heat. So working out. and But I like walking outdoors. So it's mm. better for me. So I don't like to do it when it's hot. So hopefully this will be a time for me to get back in the saddle you know just keep at it just yeah. just every little bit counts that's what it is small steps small steps All right well welcome to brunch culture everybody this is another episode of brunch culture um i don't know why i felt the need to say that you know so somebody told me one time so people already know what show they're listening to so why do you why do podcasts 
like introduce the show. But I think it's important, right? I think so. I think it's yeah. They always yeah. do it on like they do it on Breakfast Club. I know that's not a podcast, but they always say, "I'm, yeah, I'm DJ Envy. I'm Charlemagne the God. We and, and what's Angela Yee? We are the Breakfast Club. We need to work on the intro. That's what we're gonna do. Our assignment for this coming week is to work on a combined intro. We could do the one we had at the beginning. But we've grown a little bit though, so I think we should get just a little, you know. A little bit more creative. Yeah, just you know, we we've we can use that as a basis, but then we can move forward with some some more stuff. Um I gotcha. All right, so yeah, next week that's what we'll do. We will we'll have a, a intro for y'all. We also though while we're at it, while I'm thinking about next week for the next episode, um, we're going to introduce, open up the opportunity for you guys to write us. We always talk about um, engaging with us on social media. Um, I know I always get people that are hitting me up directly, personally, that are talking about things from the show. Or we just talk about what we, we are just talking about topics that we cover. But um, you guys feel free to send us your questions. If we're going to be answering questions, if you have questions that you want us to answer or topics that you want us to cover on the show, feel free to send them to brunchculturebc at gmail.com. Um, and if you, yeah, submit a question or submit a comment or a topic, we will read it on the show and talk about it. Come on. It's kind of like our version of strawberry letter. <laughs> so I, yeah, back, the drama and the crazy stuff. back in the day, I used to actually just turn on the, the Steve Harvey morning show just for that. I still, if I'm, I try to, Wait, if it I'm, still comes on the Steve Harvey morning show. What the strawberry letter though? I thought they stopped. Strawberry it. letter is at the top of the hour, eight o'clock. I mean, oh. the last time I heard it, but I haven't heard it in a while. Oh, I thought it. I, I don't know. They might have stopped it, but I thought that was like the highlight. I've been listening to Ricky's Molly Morning Show for a smooth like maybe six, seven years now. So I don't listen. I don't really know what goes on on any other morning show, but the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. Yeah, I I never was a Ricky Smiley Morning Show. I like to see it maybe on social media. But I always go back and forth between the Breakfast Club and Steve Harvey. Mm. Ricky Smiley's where's that? But anyway, on 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 to the scroll this week on the scroll. Um, what we got? Kanye is it was admitted um, for psychiatric evaluation this week, and he obviously he had the rant with Jay Z and Beyonce, uh, and he attacked DJ Khaled and Drake. Um, in his rant and he was like how many of y'all heard that song so much it's, y'all shouldn't have to pay for I don't know what he was saying but I was just like and then he dropped the mic and left the stage he didn't finish so his of course his fans were upset mm-hmm. and so it was just I was like Kanye what is going on but somebody reminded me on social media that this is I think it's today or tomorrow the anniversary of his mom's death mm-hmm and so I didn't even take into consideration that maybe be why the way reason why he's acting the way he is. I mean, he's been acting this way for ever since his mom passed. I think this has kind of been progressive. Um, right. So it's just interesting. Yeah, I think I was at, at first I was just over it. I sent a couple clips to people on Instagram when I found out about the whole little rant and that whole thing. I just didn't really understand it. But then. I was and I had to catch myself. I was like, man, Kanye West been crazy for a while. But then I stopped and I was like, I think this dude is really going through something for real, for real. Like on a serious note, I think he is going through some serious mental issues like trouble. And I was just glad that, you know, to hear that he he had been. He's been admitted and that somebody's going to, you know, he's getting evaluated. Somebody's going to look at him and kind of help him out because we kind we of think everybody kind of joke jokes around and laughs about like, oh, he's crazy. He's over the top. He got a problem. You know, Kim Kardashian is driving him crazy. He went down. His stock went down since Kim Kardashian, yada, yada, yada. But honestly, I think it's just it's a real sign that there's something going on. And whatever his 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 mental issue is or illness is, it is, you know, it's it's a real thing. I'm, I'm glad to see that he's going to get help because it's not something that people always do. Um, and so, yeah. I was. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm. I'm definitely glad about that. Uh, 
I, I did see it, and which I thought was going to be bigger than what it was. I really thought that the Beehive was going to like go in, go in on them. But I think it people realize that they come from the same camp. This is Kanye West. He's going through some stuff. Like it didn't blow up like it would have if it was somebody else. If it mm-hmm. was anybody else that said anything like that about Beyonce, yeah, they career would have been over. Just would not have happened. Mm-hmm. And I think too, one of the things is I, you know, there was no response from Jay Z and Beyonce. They probably know well, that he. Of course, he's... there's not going to be one. They don't well, yeah. anything. <laughs> they <laughs> don't have to. Yeah. But I mean, I can imagine them getting it even in their private time and just being like, he's got a problem, you know. Yeah. Like get him. The, the last rant when he went off on uh, Jay-Z about Apple and Tidal and Jay-Z didn't respond. They're not going to resp- like them not responding. Yeah, that's they're never going to respond. They don't respond to people. And the, the, the good thing is, which is the thing that I love is. They stick to the to wanting to be known for their artwork. I don't want to be known for scandal. I don't want to be known for anything beyond me being a musician or me being an entertainer. And that's what I'm going to give you. So if I respond to anything, it's going to be in my music. It's mm-hmm. great. They both, Jay-Z and Beyonce, both have said something like had a punchline in a song about the elevator. And that's all we're going to get. And I actually respect that. I think it's dope. So, you know, maybe in a... I don't think Beyonce would, but probably Jay-Z, maybe an album or two will probably like have a joke or something about Kanye West or his rant. But yeah, I'm, I don't expect them to say anything to the media for sure. Or like directly to him through something that we can see. Maybe they probably pick up the phone and call him, but I'm sure that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Kanye, we, we, we rooting for you. We hope you, Make it through this. Side yeah. note, um, have you ever, did you ever listen to Ultralight Beam? This is a really old question. Ultralight Beam? Yeah. Kanye West song, <laughs> Ultralight Beam. How does it go? We on the Ultralight Beam. We on the Ultralight Beam. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. It's, it's amazing. It's on, it's on Life of Pablo. It's the first, the opening track of Life of Pablo. I've listened to the song and the song has actually had me in tears like on three different times. It's a, like... It's a really, really dope song. And because of, I've told you about like, you know, things that I've gone through in the past couple years, I really resonate with it. It's a super, it's a super dope song. If you haven't listened to it, you should check it out. Um, okay. Yeah, it's really good. It's super good. So yeah, Kanye West, uh, musical genius. We hope you get the, the help that you need, my brother. And um Speaking of people that may have, uh, we're wondering if they're okay. Uh, the guy on Roland Martin, uh, we know he's not okay. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, he was, I don't even know what to say. He was all over the place in that interview. I watched it like two and a half times. Did you laugh? Yeah, I was just like, oh my god. You gosh, have to laugh. Richard white nationalist Richard Spencer delivered a speech um to an alt right uh meeting and which they did like these Nazi signs and he said they did it cuz they were exuberant. Um and Roland Martin really kind of crushed him cuz he came on that without facts. And so that was Roland always he's a fast talker anyway, but right. he going to crush you if you don't have facts and right, right information. And he was like, it's real hard for white men in America. And, you know, we need to suppress the Asian. Did you get to that part? Mm-hmm. The Asian population, because they're smarter than us in math and science. And so I'm just like, so you don't want them doing a the job. But who is going to do it if you already acknowledge they're better? I just... Altogether, though, I, I it's funny because I was looking for when you told me about it, I was like, oh, wow, this should be really interesting. Maybe a smooth like minute or two in it. I was like, oh, this is going to be a joke. <laughs> this is going to be a complete joke of which but it it's was. just crazy. He's serious. Um, I think he is serious. And it's, it's so crazy, though, to me, because I think. He speaks to them saying, like, you know, hail Donald Trump and Trump. That's that's the problem that people have had with the entire Trump uh, campaign just in general, because you're speaking to 
of this a group of people that aren't maybe everything that you that you say or that you stand for or you feel like oh you know I don't believe those things you're speaking to a group of people and you're kind of you're kind of in, igniting a fire in them that says make America great again from a non-economic point of view because I had somebody I had a conversation with somebody uh within the past week or so about make America great being like an economic statement. And I'm like, okay, well we need to define that because there are a number of people, these alt-right folks that don't think about make America great from the standpoint of, Oh, economic prosperity or growth, or, you know, us being a strong, uh, financial economic superpower. They don't think about it like that. They're thinking about it from the standpoint of white supremacy. They're, they're thinking about it from the standpoint of white people being on top because we're better or, um, these people need to get out. Black folks need to get out. Hispanic people need to get out. Like that's what they're thinking about. So I'm like, if that's going to be what you're going to run on and that's going to be your message, then you have to very, you have to make sure that that's clearly defined. And the fact that you don't make sure that that's defined, that's a problem. Um, but this interview just in general, though, I, I, I honestly laughed throughout the whole thing because it was, I almost felt like it was like you, you're talking to, you came to like a debate and you don't even know what a debate is like you have a person that has done all this research and has all these facts and information and just know stuff. And you're just sitting there saying, well, well, you don't know. Um, white people were the ones that that made the pyramids. Oh, America is this great superpower because of white people. Uh, it, it was white people that came up with the institution of slavery that made them great. Like, get out of here. Yeah, it's it's almost like white is right in this. We don't need anything but whiteness. He essentially said that as long as they had themselves, they were all right. Right. The one thing I do love, though, that Roland Martin did, which I, I do this all the time, is this idea of pointing out the fact that being saying that one group of people is superior to the other, honestly, is anti-American. And if we look at what American values are, if we look at the idea of all men being created equal, then you can't say that you're an American and that you truly believe in America and and, and the ideals of America and then say that, oh, well, this one group is greater than the other. And and he, he pulled he pulled him on those points of like, oh, okay, so. You know, Dr. King definitely said it. And it's been proven that black people were the ones that challenged America to live up to what she said she wanted to be. So because of this marginalized group of people, America now can and to some degree say that all, we we are we're a lot further. We fulfilled a lot more who we are, and who we we purport ourselves to be today because of this this group of people in this clash and this time and the things that we've done so you gotta you can't say that you don't need black people you don't need another people because honestly saying that i'm a white supremacist or saying that white people are better than all other people or white people are the greatest or any group of people are the greatest that's anti-american values so what are you Mm -hmm. talking about like (laughs) what's happening here you know so Mm -hmm. i was glad i was actually really glad that roland martin called him out on that point because i was like all right this is something that you know while i think this whole interview is a joke in general i i'm glad that you pointed out the fact so that when other people are watching this they can be like oh wait a minute i never thought about it like that that actually does make a lot of sense yeah so hopefully some good that good will come from it um because everything else was foolery um Court with uh, this guy. So, in other news, on there, Philando, um, the cop char is was charged in the in the murder of Philando Castile. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm I kind of hold my breath because it's kind of like he's charged, but is he gonna be? You know, is he actually going? Is the jury going to convict him? Right. Um. So. So, kind of like well the 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 prosecutor in charging him with because i think he was charged with uh like two counts of manslaughter mm-hmm. and the the whole idea of going for manslaughter uh 
instead of first like murder of any type um was just that this is something that it looks it's more than likely for them to have evidence to prove and so I know Philando Castile's girlfriend was basically saying she wanted uh she wanted a, a, a more severe charge and I trust me I completely understand it uh but I think in this in this way it's important to be strategic so that you can get um a conviction so you can get you can hold actually hold this guy accountable for for what happened and it can kind of set the tone and the precedence of not only are there going to be you know civil suits where people people's family are getting money but there's actually going to be some you know some real repercussions for your actions and you need to think before you do it i actually watched a video um the other day of there was this lady and she was like beating the cop up and she sped off and like almost basically ran over the cop and everything and she just nothing happened to her and i was like huh imagine that right (laughs) what a world what a day that would be very two different americas completely different yeah and that's what it's funny because people don't understand that i was i told you i was trying to articulate this that this weekend in a meeting and how it just goes over people's head and you try to point them to examples such as the one you give and they still miss it yeah and at that point for for me that's why i realized like this alt-right guy in a sense not the same not not the same thing to a degree but the same type of mindset that you're dealing with at some point in time you have to realize people aren't going to see it because they don't want to see it because Mm -hmm. you don't the only the only way that you can not know that what people are have been saying and are saying is true is if you you like intentionally turn a blind eye to it that's what so many people been doing and i think it's important too to to say and just to keep mentioning um jeff johnson said this on ricky smiley but he was like you know this isn't something that has just started happen just just started to happen like this has been happening for a while we just have the technology now to document it and record it and people can see it instantly and it can go to the masses so honestly if you have actively if you have ignored it for all of these years and now you see it in your face or you just heard about it before and now you see it in your face and you still say oh i don't get it it's just because you don't want to get it and that's that's just is what it is like and at that point you have to say look what who who else can i have this conversation with that can become an ally to help me make change for this because you're not one of those people mm-hmm. yeah so y'all share with us what y'all think uh, of the scroll topics what do you think about Kanye's rant what do you think about the cop being charged in the murder of Philando Castile and what do you think about alt-right on Roland Martin uh, let us know at chat BC on Instagram Facebook and Twitter all right we'll be back with our main dish All right, y'all, and we are back with the main dish. And this week's main dish, of course, we haven't talked about it. We have been absent and MIA from this conversation. God, um, why is Trump our president? Ugh. Oh, so frustrated. I just I don't want him to be it. I just so let's Bob just Johnson dive. Give him a chance today. You said Bob Johnson, the founder of BT. Yeah, said we should give him a chance today. So let's just jump right into it, right? I, in in all fairness and reality, I'll say this and then I'll, I'll get into it. So at, at, we honestly don't have another choice but to. Um, I think that is ultimately, you know, the president has, the president said his success is we're we're all rooting for his success because. You know, him being successful means that we're all being successful. And so while that's a very, you know, diplomatic way to put it, and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, that's bull. And the president don't really mean that. He just has to say it. And I mean, even myself felt similar sentiments of being like, 
bruh, I don't want to hear this today. Like, I just don't want to hear this today. It it essentially is true, right? I mean, we have to find a way to work alongside. And I say that, and I've, I've actually, I read some posts from people that were saying like, um, this whole idea of teaming up and working together isn't going to work, but it's kind of like, yo, honestly, realistically, like, like what, what are we going to do? Are you going to allow That's somebody? That's the choice like, that we have. <laughs> yeah, you don't really have another choice. So it's like, let's look at what we have and let's start to work to figure out. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be an uphill battle. It's going to be a lot of pushback. There's going to be a lot of things that we're probably going to have to fight a hundred million times harder for now. Um, but yeah, this is just what we got to do. So I just want to say that. So um, the day, let's not go to election day. Um, just because I feel like, you know, that that's that's happened. We definitely I think we both wanted some time to just kind of process it all, knowing that we were going to have to talk about it. Um, and so let's just start with like mom- like the day after or time <laughs> after, you know, what I'm saying? I just yeah, like the process of, of then and where you are now. Um, I'll say for myself, the day after was very gloomy. I don't know how the weather was in Jacksonville, but I feel like northeast, the northeast region of the country was gloomy. It was stale. It was <laughs> like, I, I mean, really, I, I walked outside to my car usually every morning on the elevator when I'm leaving my building. Like there'll be like a, somebody will be like, good morning or hey. It, it was four of us on the elevator. Everybody just stood there. Like we went down to the garage to get in our cars. Nobody said anything. There was a lady that was walking her dog outside of the building that I live in. And there's a, um, you have to go through like the garage gate usually. And it could have been me. Maybe I'm like over exaggerating it in my mind, but I swear this little white dog is always like jipper and hyping, hopping up and running. I see this dog like every morning this dog was just walking like, you know, no barking, no nothing. And I'm thinking, is it just, it can't just be me. It can't just be. And the whole day was just kind of, it was a drag. And, and I actually cried and I had a conversation with a friend of mine. I didn't, it took me like towards that afternoon after I left work, but I had a conversation with a friend of mine that just thought it was absurd and insane for people to cry and I was like, no, I actually cried. He's, he's like, what are you crying for? And I'm just like, for me, I can't explain why everybody else does. But for me, it's I think about the work that has happened under the Obama, the Obama administration and somebody that feels very connected and passionate to it, having been a part of it um, and seeing how the mindset with everything that happened for that administration was how can we help? I think that's the question that we ask, right? Um, that's the question that I know, you know, being a part of during my time um, at the White House and under the Obama administration, that was kind of like a reigning theme of just how everybody felt was, you know, what can we do to help people? How can we do this? If you have this idea, how is that going to help? Um, if we're going to come up with this policy or we're going to come up with this initiative or, you know, you're going to write this or write this or say that, how is that going to help people? And feeling like that's kind of been the the idea of leadership and knowing that it went from how can we help to or it seems to be transitioning from how can we help to how can I run this like a business? How can I, you know, find ways to undermine some other people? How can I find ways to make one group of people feel superior or better or support them feeling better than others? And knowing that there are so many people that haven't had voices, that haven't had certain rights that others experience um, or just honestly having the freedom to just be authentically themselves without there being kind of this, not just a law, but kind of a general consensus that, that you're a person of your threat or you're dangerous or things like that. Like knowing that that tone could change for myself, for everybody else, for me, that just, it just bothered me. I think 
it was the first time that I felt I I I. I, I I didn't see, I haven't felt like, I feel like I was in a twilight zone. And the last time I felt that way was like when my dad died. And so that's what bothered me was like, I'm in this awkward feeling of this can't be real life, but I'm trying to wrestle with the fact that this is real life. And as somebody that has like, you know, different goals and aspirations and things like that and want to help people, I'm thinking like, wait, what does that mean? Like, who has to go by the wayside in order for this to be a new part of history that we're going to talk about in 20, 30 years? And, you know, what what group, what marginalized group is going to suffer at the hands of the people that support this type of movement or support this type of rhetoric? Like what's going to happen? And I think that for me was that was the biggest thing. Um, yeah. During that time. What about you? For me, it's it was definitely not, but it's just like this whole time we we've been saying he cannot possibly be president. So it's like that expectation of knowing. I went into it uh, election night knowing that he wasn't going to be president. So it's kind of like the impossible happened, and just like you're feeling like that you're in the twilight zone. Like I just, to me, still it doesn't feel real. Right. Like I still it hasn't. To me, it's still not real. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I still can't wrap my mind around the fact that he's the president. Right. And I'm really concerned for me as I'm looking at this transition team. I'm just so I'm very, very concerned. Like if I I fluctuate from shocks to concern and back like it's not real. Heck, this is real, and look at look who he's putting on his team. Like, and not only the fact that he has these people on his team, but he's the fact that he's at the top of the food chain. Like, why? And then he has. So I just, I to me, like the the day after, I was in complete shock. I just kept saying, Donald Trump is president. Like that's not real. Like he can't be president. Like this is this is a bad dream. I need to wake up. <laughs> like I'm sleep, and I need to wake up. And so I fluctuated from shock, and now I'm like concerned. And then I go back to shock because it's kind of like he's the pre- he's going to be the president. Um, and just listening to different people talk about it, I was in a very conservative setting this past weekend, and just the conversations that people were having and their excitement and saying this is the lesser of two evils and I'm just like right. what? Now I wasn't pro I wasn't super pro her but I definitely wasn't pro him at all like you know what I'm saying I don't know how we could get that I think that whole argument is just interesting to me uh, but it's just I still, I still have trouble wrapping my mind around it. That's kind of where I am. I, I still can't wrap my mind around the fact that he's the president of the United States yeah. or is about to be the. I don't know if that's <clears> where <throat> a lot of people are, but that's still where I'm at. I just, it to me, I can't wrap my mind around how this happened. Right. So my issue with a lot with people that say we chose the lesser of two evils, or say things like. Both of them have issues and corrupt. Well, you know, that's for everybody. Everybody has issues, right? Everybody. Nobody is perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect person, just like there's no such thing as a perfect candidate. Um, I think that almost anybody you could find a scandal or pull a scandal or something. It's not to minimize uh, Secretary Clinton's campaign or or campaign flaws or anything like that. It's not is not to do that at all. But what it is, to, what what I am saying, though, is. If you look at them just in general, you have one candidate that says that, okay, so we're going to be together. We're going to do this together, right? Whether this person is has a sketchy past or whatnot, those are things that we can, you know, we can have a conversation about those. But to say that a campaign that honestly has been laced with all types of phobias and isms and 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 inciting a certain degree and level of hate for 
other Americans or this idea of diversity or this idea of having to be include inclusive or the idea of the country becoming a little more brown and changing. That's a problem for me. Um, I think that we can't compare the two because it's you're not comparing two like things. We're not comparing apples to apples or oranges to oranges. We're comparing really apples to rocks. Like, you know, if you say like, oh, there's a flaw in something, it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, this thing is flawed. But does that flaw give a certain group of people the ability or or the kind of push them to say I hate someone else or I'm anti someone else or we need to take our country back. You know, things like that. Those are the things for me that that becomes a problem. So it's like we we aren't talking about the same thing here. So when we say that, you know, we chose the lesser of two evils. Well, that's because you're a person that kind of ignores, pushes on the rug or even believes or supports or sympathizes with this race, all these like this this racist talk or this this uh a xenophobic talk or th- like it all of this stuff it's it is that's what you're you're saying it's it's okay or it's not that big of a deal which in term in terms becomes a problem and so i i guess for me like the hardest thing was just hearing people say those things and i'm just kind of like but they're not because i've had somebody i've had a conversation with somebody that said the same thing like well you know they're both really bad and i'm like but are they <laughs> and she was like, no, they really are. I think both. And she was trying to meet me on a ground of like, you know, let's meet on some common ground. And I'm I'm all for common ground. Like, you, I, I'm not going to tell you, like, oh, no, don't talk about Hillary Clinton. That's, no, absolutely. If you you have reservations or issues, by all means, say it. Um, but I think that we have to look at what comes out of this and and to be a hundred percent fair you know you have people like oh well i know folks or i know people that um uh beat up trump supporters or that don't like trump supporters and the problem you know exists on both parts i think we have to have a conversation about our country and people in the country being the country being there's there's this idea that you have and i think we see it and i see it in multiple things it's not just something that we see in politics but we see it in i know i see it a lot in entertainment if you like one person then you automatically can't like the other person if you're for one thing then you automatically can't be for that and that's just not to me that's not the way that the world works i say this all the time a lot more now is that i grew up thinking that the world was very black and white And what I've learned, if I've learned nothing else, is I've realized that it's very gray. And honestly, I might see black today and two seconds later, it may be white. And then for the rest of the next five months, it may all be very gray. And that just is what it is. Like, I don't I think once you start to realize that as a person, then you're like, oh, wait, this makes more sense. And so I feel like anyway, we can have a conversation about just kind of the culture of our time being now like you have to be anti one thing if you're pro another thing as opposed to just saying hey here's my preference that's your preference that's cool what ways what common grounds can we have how can we work together knowing that we we both have like preferences and i don't need to hate you because whatever it is what it is and you don't need to hate me because whatever it is what it is um but i think that campaign though Throughout the entire time, that campaign, there there were things like we I, I watched I, I watched the documentary Thirteenth, which I want to talk about at some other time. Um, oh, you finally did watch it? Yeah, I did watch it. Uh, so, and that was a part of my whole healing process. Whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I watched that documentary and hearing the words from the campaign of the things that he's saying, like, you know, back in the day they would have treated them more worse or, you know, knock them out, I'll pay for your fees. Those types of things are real. You know, that's not something that people are fabricating. People are making up. This is like, you know, footage of things that you've said. So I think what we have to do is say, look, check this. We have to deal with we have to talk about these things. We have to understand that people are bothered and concerned and have problems with 
you or with this campaign or with, you know, you being the president elect, not because they just genuinely hate, you know, you as a person, but they you kind of incited some a lot of fear. You incited a lot of uh, of things that were everything but white and Christian. And that's a problem for a Mm -hmm. number of people. So we got to like talk about that thing. And yeah, I think when, but it's funny that the, when I hear people who actually voted for Trump and that are white Christian evangelicals, mm -hmm. they almost demonize Christians who didn't vote for him as if absolutely. How can you not? And I'm just like, but how could you vote for him right. as a Christian? Like it's not, and I'm not saying that it was Christian either way. You know, because some people had solely economic reasons. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I kind of try to dis disassociate the. I don't want. I I feel like people should pull the faith card out of their vote, and I know that's not something that is really. I know it. it people might say, "How are you going to say that?" But I feel like. Either way, you're going to be voting for something maybe God may not be in favor of. So either way, I don't think you should insert God in it. Does that make sense? No, I, I absolutely. I, I get what you're saying. Um, so I, I feel like it's just kind of like, well, I mean, I feel like if you're going to make that vote, don't demonize another person's faith for that, for voting the way they do. That's that's how I feel about it. Absolutely. So one thing that and that bothers me and just hearing people say like, you know, I, I was watching a clip from The View and uh, what's I forget the lady's name. I'm so sorry. I just know her as um, is it D? I don't even know the. She played on Full House. I forget her name. Uh, I know the one who's the conservative one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but basically, she, her saying I voted you know, for based on like principles and, and, and conservative values. And that's, I was like, that very idea is what I have a problem with. Right. Because I'm okay with you being conservative. That's fine. We all have our views. I, 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 we, we have our positions and what we believe in and that's cool. But I think when, what you believe in, and in in this idea of conservative values, quote unquote, makes you completely blind to how someone is you. You're an American and you say I'm American. I love America. And, you know, I I'm just I'm such a patriot and I'm great. I'm proud to be an American. Woohoo! Wonderful. <laughs> and then so you you believe in the, the ideals of America. So the freedom of religion you believe in and you will fight for and you stand for. And that's great. But you're standing up for conservative values, which this person is anti or or has has promoted this movement or this idea of being anti-Muslim because they are dangerous and they are terrorists and kind of painting with this broad brush. Well, you're not upholding your American values. So if you say that I'm going to vote for based on conservative principles, then let's base them on conservative American principles and understand that I'm a conservative. But honestly, bro, what you're doing is cutting my brother, my Muslim brother out that doesn't believe what I believe. And you know what? It's fine. You cannot believe. I believe what I believe. And I believe that, you know, my God is the right way and the only way and and, and superior and true. And that's great. Wonderful. Cool. But I also 100% stand on the fact that in this country, in our country, in my country, we have the ability to express ourselves and to practice our own faith. That was one of the cornerstones of why America was founded. Correct. So Mm -hmm. we should, should you not say, well, but you know what, you know, this individual is infringing upon a very core ideal of mine and of my country's. So I can't, I have to stop for a second and say, wait a minute, while you may be, uh, pro-life and while you may be, you know, can quote uh, two jo- two jobs and all of these things. Great. Wonderful. But you're but, not. But he's not even he doesn't even hold to conservative 
quote unquote conservative Christian values. That's why I said two jobs because <laughs> you, it, it is it's this idea. It really is this From idea. his own mouth, he said he's never asked God for forgiveness. I think so. I'm like, well, how can you be a Christian? Like that's the first. Like if you're holding up this idea that he's a Christian, he said he's never. He can't think of the time he's repented for sins. Well, what? what? Like that's right. the that's the foundation. Like, right. what are you talking about? This like, why are we saying he's about. You said what? This is what it's all about, bro. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's not our guy. Like, he's not the, he's not your guy. He's not white evangelicalism. He's not that. Like, he's never been that. He's, he's a party person. First and foremost, he throws, I I think he throws wild parties at the Trump. That's not white conservative evangelicalism. Shoot, at, at Liberty, where they kind of touted him up as, they can't even have drinks on campus. They can't even drink. So, I mean, well, Trump would say he doesn't drink because his, his brother was an alcoholic. But he facilitates uh, parties where that's happening. So that's against everything, to me, they value. He doesn't ask for forgiveness. He's not loving to people that are different. Um, it's just, it's like, guys, what are you talking about? It's, it's just like if you took a second and honestly think about what what happened and what's going on um and honestly what what this means not just for you and that's one thing that i've learned and you've kind of helped me realize and just walking with people that i i take i have a different view of of life and just how i approach it based on my experience but honestly think about how this is going to impact someone else like how does this individual work out not just for me and mine but for someone else and ultimately again everything is a gamble so we don't know what will happen under a trump administration we don't know what would have happened under a clinton administration a second clinton administration um but at the same time i think that if you just look at them if you just really just look at the candidates and uh, the campaigns in general and say well at least the one thing that i can say is that this one uh this this one campaign it keeps promoting inclus- in- inclusiveness and inclusion and, and and consideration for other people so if for no other reason i think that if there was a problem they would possibly try to consider more people as opposed to this other campaign that really if it's not coming out of you know the horse's mouth like the horse's kids are just like running rampant with saying it the horse is like co-workers and colleagues and other people that's running with this horse is just saying all of this flip stuff so it's kind of like I'm pretty sure that we can bet on it being this, you know? Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that this is probably a thing. I Out just... of here. And, and, you know, I would I would have said to my conservative white evangelical brothers and sisters, if you, we are really, you know, they, they really hold scripture to be authoritative. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. So whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth. So you telling me, Based on the whole word that we we hold true and dear that, you know, what comes out of his mouth is not a reflection of who he is. That goes against what we read, you know. So I think that's something it's just a a lack of being consistent and it really reveals hypocrisy and how people put race over the quote unquote Christian values that they hold dear. Um, So one thing that um, I so afterwards uh, last week afterwards, I ended up going to an NAACP meeting and it was actually just a really, really, really dope meeting. Um, And so one thing came up, though, which was how do we process it as as as, you know, we're both black. So as black people, how do we process it? But for other people, for LGBT, uh, the LGBT community, for uh, Muslims, for anybody that's honestly not white and Christian, how do you process this? And even honestly, some white Christians, how do you process this? Um, because, again, it wasn't everybody that is like white and Christian, which I had a conversation with somebody that is uh, not white Christian, but um, he he. Never mind. I don't want to say <laughs> I was going to say it's something. Like, I, I was like, do I want to put... There. So anyway, this person has very close ties to a white Christian. And um, 
what basically was saying like, oh, white Christians aren't bad. And I was like, wait, no, nobody said that. And if that's what you got from what I'm saying, let me clarify that that is not it. That's not what anybody's saying. But when we look at the numbers, right, we look at the number of people um, that 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 the numbers that came out of the demographics and how those demographic demographics voted. I think it was like 60, what, 64 uh, percent of white men voted for Donald Trump and something like 52 or 53 percent of white women voted for Donald Trump. Um, and it was also a high degree of uh, a large number of them were Christians as well. So it was like, that's where that's coming from. That's just not coming from just, you know, this idea that people thought up in their mind is just like blame the white Christians. No, that's coming from actual like factual data that was put out um, based on demographic demographics of voters. So that's where that the idea comes from. But simply, uh, again, we started talking just considering how do we process this and how does how should you take it? Um, and one thing that I got from the NAACP meeting and something that I've been thinking for myself, I told myself, I'm going to give myself a day. I was like, you get a day, you get this day, Wednesday, you get out how you feel. You can write about it. You can, you know, sing about whatever you want to do. You can get it out, whatever you want to do within reason of not harming somebody else. But, you know, just let your feel the way you feel. Sit in that. Feel that. That's real. Like, allow yourself to feel that. But tomorrow I was talking to my friend and I was like, she was like, tomorrow we work. And it was like, absolutely. That's what it is. Tomorrow we hit the ground running of getting involved. We are that let this be the fire under your butt to make sure that you are using your voice in the best way possible uh, to continue to stand up for what you believe in, to continue to try to get people to see that you're just as human as they are. You're just as American as they are. You're just as, you know, qualified, relevant, able, to be considered as they are and that's when the work starts but some people it's not a day you might need a week you might need a month you might need a year or even four years but it's important to allow people to feel that and understand the weight of what this means and how this impacts so many different people i was listening to another podcast and one of the things that they were saying was you know honestly this is not how it's going to impact me is not how it's going to impact this. What this means for me is not what it means for you. And that's just that's just the reality of it. So because of that, you might have to go about it a different way. If you going about it is you going out to protest to let your voice be heard, then that's fine. You go protest. You know what I'm saying? If that's your thing, you stand up for what you believe in and that right, because as Americans, we have the right to assemble and we have the right to protest. So like exercise your right. If that's what, if that's what, you know, you want to do, if it is just saying, Hey, I'm honestly going to disengage and just disconnect from it while I would like try to deter you from doing that. It's important for you to have that for a moment to have that time for yourself to do that. And I think that's, that's one piece of this. That's just really important that we don't talk about. We probably don't talk about enough and people don't talk about just in general is that honestly this was not only just like an upset because oh my candidate lost but honestly this made a lot of people start to question what's going to happen to me what's going to happen to my ability to uh be this american that i am today am i going to be able to you know make have the right to make a decision for myself am i going to be able to start a family am i going to be able to uh walk out in the garments that i want to wear because they mean something to me without having somebody harass me like what is that what does that mean and it's going to be different for everybody so i think it's important that we you know we give people the ability to do that and the other thing is honestly stand up for people like if you see somebody harassing someone else don't don't accept it don't let that person go through it alone and by themselves i had a situation last last week when i was in five guys and like this um homeless guy was kind of just like pressing and pressuring this lady to like get him a sandwich and I'm just like, no, bro, like, I'm not accepting that. That's not going to happen. Not not while I'm here. Like, we just not going to do that. Um, I'll figure out what we need to do to get you a sandwich. We can pull some resources. I'll buy you. A, we'll do something else. But I'm not going to sit by, stand by and just let 
you pressure on there's a there's a sea full of people in here. This lady happens to be, I think, the only woman at the time, but I'm quite sure the only white woman at the time. And you found out of all these people, she was the only person that you just wanted to press to get you a sandwich. Bro, that's not going to happen. Like, I'm not finna. I can't do that. And so I feel like that's what we have to do. Honestly, we have to look at people that are different from us and say, look, I'm not going to let anybody mistreat you. I'm not going to let anybody talk down to you. And I'm going to reaffirm all those positive things. So if you are different, live in your difference. And I support that. And you're going to be great. And honestly, if somebody tries to, you know, stop you from being fulfilling your rights as a citizen of this country, I got your back. And that just is what it is. And I feel like that's the approach that we have to take. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, people can't. There's this quote, empathy breeds proximity breeds empathy. And um, we have to allow ourselves to have conversations with people to get their opinions. Because as I was sitting around that round table uh, this past weekend, it's kind of like I know y'all haven't really listened to the the heart and the the struggles of your black brothers and sisters like you can't have listened to them and still be this harsh you know what i'm saying right and so as you have those conversations with people that are different y'all might never agree on voting but you should have a certain tone even in your disagreement you know what i'm saying it's not as harsh or staunch because I've listened to somebody who thinks differently and I got it. Like we might not agree on the end in the, at the, like we might not have the same conclusion, but I could deal with you differently. And I talk about your struggle differently or how I interpret it because I've had built relationship and took the time to listen to your burdens and put myself in your, try to put myself in your shoes to understand. So. Right. Absolutely. I think that is, (laughs) One thing that I, I want to do and I was I've been waiting for us to have this conversation. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I would go back and forth one minute. I'll be like super ready. And the next minute I'll be like, I can't talk about this today. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm ready again. I'll be like, I can't do this today. But I want I wanted to have the conversation. Cause I, I feel like we are we always try to come with, you know, talking about a solution. Um and there is no one solution to this. This honestly is not something that's going to go away, obviously, tomorrow. Um, it might not even go away in four years, which is a whole other thought. But, oh, gosh. Right. But I think that it's important for us to, you know, talk about the things that can kind of help the situation as opposed to hurting it. Um, I, I, I listened to the episode of The Read and they... We're like, you know, I'm not going to let this break me down. Like, I'm go- we're going to continue to have the show that we produce. And you need that. Honestly, we need media. We need content that is going to take our mind away from being sad all the time. And that is OK. Um, and I feel like the one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm excited about us doing, I was looking forward for us doing is being able to talk about, you know, what happens next and how it happens next for us, um, as well as for other people. And honestly, I feel like the biggest key of that is just giving people the space and the time that they need to process this. Even little kids, like, what does this mean for you? What does this presidency mean for you? What is knowing the things that you know of you heard people say about, you know, your Muslim friends um, or your Hispanic friends or your black friends or whoever, or even yourself, like, what does this mean for you? And let's talk about those things. But let's also talk about how we are going to, yo, stand up for each other. Because I honestly think that's the most important. Like, yo, I'm not going to let somebody. If you're a person that's like, yo, I voted for Donald Trump just because I think that this is great. And as long as you're not like out disrespecting somebody. Yo, I'm going to like make sure that you good in the same way that I'm going to make sure another person is good. But I'm what I what I'm also going to let you know, though, is that like, hey, you have to understand where this like where this type of fear and anger comes from. It wasn't he just didn't incite fear of this alt-right group there was fears from everybody that's kind of been put out of here and it's fears of each other and the hate that people have for each other so it's just like no we can't accept that and we just gotta we have to work a million times harder to make sure that that's not there so yeah and it's it's a million times harder too to help it close the divide because i feel like this just exposed how divided we are and we can't conquer anything 
um, this divided. So we have to work 10 times harder because it's kind of like communication has broke down. And, you know, a friend was like, I blocked, I blocked all these people. And I was just like, I get it. But then these people still exist. And if we don't try to have conversations with them, they're still going to they're going to isolate themselves even further from the the people who are thinking differently. So we kind of have to force ourselves to have conversations with even the people on social media that we unfollow. Because right. let me tell you that unfollow button me. <laughs> I've been using it to its max. But then I thought about it. I was like, but how can we ever bridge the divide if we continually block and unfollow people that we disagree with? Yeah, I just hit the ignore. Like there's a, the, the ignore or don't show stuff like this, like the little silence thing. That's like my because for me, I feel like the unfollow. Sometimes I do kind of want to hear what I think it's I've, I think it's important to kind of have like a ear to what the other people are doing. I just don't need like both ears. I just kind of need one ear to, to get an idea of what you think to see if it's possible to kinda like meet you like, oh, well, maybe I can try to explain this. But then once I realize I don't, it's kind of like, well, if I just ignore you or say, don't show me things like this, I think Facebook will just stop showing it or whoever will stop showing it for a little while. And then you'll circle back and then I'll reassess the situation then, and probably just going to have to keep doing it. But I think that's a little better than unfollowing you because then I'm I really don't know what's going you. on. Yeah. Yeah, you I got yeah, be planning a revolt. You know what I'm saying? You can be planning planning <laughs> a revolt, and I you the, you was the plug that I had to you know what was going on. So I'm trying to figure out what's happening. <laughs> True. So, so y'all, let us know what y'all think about the election. Uh, y'all heard me and Randall's thoughts. Well, some of them because I'm sure we could go forever on this because this is a lot uh, to take in. Uh, I don't I. I still can't believe it. But uh, hit us up. Hashtag chat PC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell us your thoughts and we'll be back with our toast or roast. All right, and we are back for our toast or roast. And I'm going to kick this off with a toast because I always feel like I kind of roast. I always want to roast somebody. So I'm going to kick off with a toast. Um, I want to toast the D.C. chapter of the NAACP. As I mentioned before, I went to a meeting last week, and it was just really great. It was my first time going to a meeting. But just hearing the things that they're doing, seeing the diversity in the room, not just in terms of race, but more like more more so to me, just in terms of age, there being younger people and older people and middle aged people and just seeing this collective group, which was a very it was a just kind of in an intimate setting, like a small group. Um, well, I mean, it was probably about 20 to 25, 20 to 30 people. So I wouldn't necessarily say small, but like just in the setting that we're in. But it was just really good. Honestly, it was really encouraging, inspiring. And it was exactly what I needed um, coming off of the election and i keep saying last week but it actually was the week before last um but just going kind of experiencing that and 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 being in that environment and being around people that have a multitude a multitude of emotions and thoughts and feelings but at the end of the day there being this idea of but we still have work to do and we are still going to do the work. And as as long as you'll you'll stand up with me, I'm going to invite you in here to do the work. To me, that is that's great. I've I, I'm definitely a worker being a person that's like, OK, so what can I do? I want to do I want to do. So I'm going to toast to uh, that chapter. And I'm just going to say to anybody, if you know, if there's a NAACP chapter in your area, definitely look into you know, helping out, joining, supporting, uh, giving a donation, or if there's any civic organizations, honestly, in your area at all, I feel like if nothing else, this has given us uh, a reason and kind of the proof that there's so much work that consistently needs to be done. And we need to be a people that are proactive instead of reactive. So yeah, get out and, and, and be active. And that is my toast. Dope. I want to uh, toast to that motivated me to try to go to a local NAACP um, chapter meeting. But anyway, uh, that has nothing to do with my toast. Um, so salute to you, Randall. Um, I I 
want to toast to the lady in front of me just at the grocery store who just I was in line. She had a whole bunch of groceries. I'm in line behind her and I just had some ground beef. I was getting uh, to cook some spaghetti and she actually was like, hey, I got your ground beef. And I was like, what? She was like, oh, I'm taking care of it. And I was like, oh, thank you. It was such a nice gesture. I was like, people are so kind in the world still. Wow. Uh, so I just want to toast to her because I'm like, she didn't have to do that at all. Nobody asked her to. And she just took it upon herself to pay for the person behind her. So shout out to her. Yeah. Um, the, the person behind me had way too many groceries for me to pay for it. <laughs> so wait, you didn't pay it for it? No. You trifling. <laughs> you are so trifling. You no, could have picked one item. But you could have picked at least one item or been like, hey, here's $10 towards the person behind Oh, I didn't even think about that. I just saw a whole slew of groceries and I was like, hey, I can't even do that. We just had this whole kumbaya moment and you, Lisa V. <laughs> Y'all, see, I'm a work in progress. I didn't, but I didn't. I was like, dang, I can't pay for all your groceries. You got whole Thanksgiving. Like, that's a whole bucket full. I can't help you with that. That's a little. I ain't got nothing on it. You got five. I ain't got nothing on it. Just leave. <laughs> I'm just going to take my free ground beef and I'm going to get right on up out of here for somebody else tell me to pay it for. It. I'm going to pay it back, back to the house. <laughs> <laughs> the lady the woman who did it you are the real mvp thank you so much if i go to like the starbucks i'll do it because then i know it's like a certain price <laughs> Trifling, doing the little stipulations well let's get into this quote um so this week's uh uh good vibe is Success doesn't come from what you do occasionally. It comes from what you do consistently. And that's from Marie Forleo. I'm sorry if I had said her last name wrong, um, but that's a good, good vibe for this week. Definitely a good um, quote for this week. I just want you guys, as always with the good vibe, just make sure we, we say it. We put it out there for you guys to just kind of marinate on and think about kind of apply it to your life and use it throughout the week. We all can use a good vibe. And I honestly feel like we probably need to have like a good vibe a day in, in, in the coming months. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. Right. So but we thank you. Oh, go ahead. Oh. Well, <laughs> as always, we thank you for listening to brunch culture. You can catch all our past episodes at brunch, brunch culture, bc.com on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, Google Play, just search Brunch Culture. We're, we're there. We're everywhere. Um, I don't want to say we're everywhere you want to be because that's a trademark phrase. So oh, I was just about uh, <laughs> to say that, too. I was just about to say that. <laughs> on Twitter, at Brunch Culture. Instagram, at Brunch underscore culture. On Facebook, at Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. Yes, we appreciate you. We ask that you go rate our show on iTunes. It really helps. Yes. Um, Continue to spread the message. We're so proud of the increase in listens. So we thank you. Um, remember to send us and email your your comments and your thoughts that we can respond for your questions that we can respond to. Um, and here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion. 